Welcome back everyone. It is Saturday, January 20th. I did not have an opportunity to record this on Friday. I was out and about in the afternoon as well as uh, uh, a little bit of a date night, so to speak. So I hope everyone is doing well this weekend. New York is like one degree outside, but we didn't get any snow or accumulation. So uh, for the most part, New York City was spared but a lot of the tri-state got tons of snow so um hats to everyone that's shoveling that's all i've got to say about that uh stay safe and warm um out there so let's jump right into the friday session we had 793 new highs and 341 new lows so that was a good expansion because a few uh, sessions like on Thursday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, new lows outpaced new highs. Uh, Friday in general was very bullish. We had 66% of shares advancing versus 29% declining. Uh, for the 50-day moving average, we had 34% of shares below its 50-day and 37% of shares below is 200. Not much different from Thursday, to be quite honest. Um, volume was good. The Dow, uh, NASDAQ, and S&P closed at the high. So did the Russell. The Dow was up 395 for the day, up a percent. The NASDAQ was up 1.7%, or 255 points. The S&P was up 1.23%, or 58 points. Um, looking at the sectors, uh, almost, not all, almost every sector was green. Technology led for the day, yet then communication services, financial, real estate, consumer cyclical. Consumer defensive was the only sector in the red. When you take a look at the week, technology led up 4.3%. Then communication services, which is like Google and Meta, up 2.29%. The laggard for the week was utilities, basic materials, energy, and real estate. All right, let's kind of go through uh, my analysis of this. So let's see. How, I'm going to just bullet point this for you guys. So it was a roller coaster session. Uh, it wasn't really strong until probably after the lunch break. Um, and then all throughout the close. Um, the S&P I had posted on Substack Notes was potentially breaking out of the balance area, and it did, and tech led the way. Uh, so the S&P right now is coming out of a range and can potentially uh, continue higher here. So... Um, Keep a watch out for if we just basically seek another value area and form another balance higher. Um, very bullish action, no doubt about it. Um, Bitcoin remains kind of on the edge of a cliff here. It really needs to bounce uh, or it's in trouble. Um, it's literally hanging off for dear life here at 40000 and change it keeps going up to between 40,600 and 41,600 
but if it breaks this 40,579 horizontal, uh, we're going to fast track potentially to 36,000 or test the 200 day moving average. That would really suck for all of the folks that just bought into the Bitcoin ETF uh, that, that were approved uh, last week. Uh, Tesla is also, uh, it, you know, it bounced a little bit from the day's lows, but it still looks very sick. It broke that trend line that I mentioned that dates back to April of 2023, and um, we're still below it. So if it does not gather strength to backtest the 200-day, uh, we may be uh, going to 160 on Tesla, which also I know a ton of folks that have Tesla, uh, which would suck. Um, right now, uh, the impulse to the upside is really driven by the semiconductors, uh, NVIDIA, AMD. There were reports that uh, Facebook slash Meta were just gorging on NVIDIA AI chips, and that led to a positive rally. Uh, and then you had Taiwan Semiconductor on Thursday, uh, so it just uh, let all of the horses out of the barn, and uh, we're kind of in this bull impulse. But I took some time, because I didn't record this till today on Saturday, I took some time Friday evening just to kind of peruse FinTwit, YouTube, Substack, and everyone's bullish. Um, this is the time to be weary, right? When uh, everyone is uh, just euphoric, um, hodling and YOLOing, it's time to be cautious. So what I'm trying to say is if you're long, stay long until we have more evidence otherwise. If you're very short, uh, you should have probably covered sometime last week. Um, you might still have an opportunity on Monday, but there's really no reason to be leaning too short right now. And I actually have covered majority of my short positions uh, that last week. And on Friday, after I had booked the gains in the morning, morning through lunch, I was staggering my sales. Um, I was watching and watching, and there were a lot of setups to go short because we're so overbought. And there were a few nice balance areas like uh, ARK Innovation where I was like, I'm going to try again. But uh, you have to kind of babysit these positions because when you see breath and you see NVIDIA and AMD and Meta all rocketing higher, it's very dangerous to step in front of the train. So even if you try to short, it's a good thing to be prudent and cut your losses quick versus having to hold that position uh, over the weekend and who knows what will happen on Monday. Um, and there is this overhanging shadow of January 31st, which is the FOMC rate decision. Everyone's expecting a 20 rate cuts, and I'm exaggerating. I think it, the number is like six six plus rate cuts this year they only meet like six to eight times i think that are scheduled so they'd have to cut every single meeting 
uh, who knows? Maybe that's right. Maybe maybe Goldman and J.P. Morgan and everyone on the banking side is right. We're going to get six plus rate cuts this year, but I am uh, less bullish on six rate cuts this year. But you never know. And then everyone's saying that by March, the uh, BTFP uh, bank program that was launched last March for the SVB and First Republic and all of those banking crises, uh, that they're going to stop that program in March of this year. I just don't see how that's possible. But then this uh, weekend, uh, Joseph Wang, who used to work on the trading desk of the Fed, the fact that they have their own uh, prop desk at the Fed is, is a problem, but he used to work there trade on behalf of the F, the Federal Reserve, he's saying that there are rumors that um, the Fed is going to mandate, make it mandatory for all banks to uh, go to the discount window once a year, once every year. The reason why is they suspect that banks like SVB did not know how to go to the um, the Fed discount window. Thus, uh, the crisis that they were in could have been avoided if they knew how to uh, quick dial on their cell phones this Fed discount window. Um, and that if everyone uh, does the fire drill of stop, duck, and roll, like if there's a fire uh, drill at school, if every bank uh, participates in this uh, fire drill of how to hit the discount window, things like SVB won't happen. And the premise or the hypothesis is that with uh, those fire drills, it's preparing for the end of the uh, BTFP program. And that um, <laughs> the other thing that Joseph Wang is assuming is that, hey, maybe these banks uh, don't need the BTFP program, and they just don't know how to access the Fed discount window. So if we teach them, they won't need the Yellen BTFP money. I think that that is a big stretch, okay? Uh, these banks know what they're doing. Um, so March is right around the corner. So, yeah, I'm going to reiterate. If you're long stay long and strong until you see some evidence otherwise. If you are short, you should be very careful. Uh, pick your spots, but you may have to babysit your entries, and if the position goes against you, you better close it quick. If you're in cash, uh, I think it's very hard to, uh, very risky, I should say, to chase right now when you have such a rally going on um, and we're already up so high. And if you're in cash and you're trying to short, uh, I would, again, consult your financial advisor, do your homework, be very careful because you don't want to step in front of this train right now. Um, however, there are some cracks. I, I mentioned to my pledgers uh, a week and a half ago that my longer-term 
signal for leaning to the bear side or being risk adverse has signaled. That does not mean, and I mentioned, that does not mean to short everything or sell everything. It's just one of first many barometric tools I have that say, hey, red flag, we're getting a little bit uh, over our skis here. It might be time to either book some gains and sit on cash, but don't chase. So that signal has gone off a week and a half ago, and it's rarely incorrect. So that doesn't mean we can't still rally here. It does not mean we still can't rally 10% from here. It just means be wary and don't chase. Uh, now, earnings is here. I don't think earnings matters as much as the FOMC rate decision January 31st. Um, let's wait and see. We need more cards out of the deck uh, before I can make a... Um, a conviction uh, call on, hey, that was the top of the bull run. Um, but when you take a look at all the sectors, it's mostly tech. It's mostly semiconductors right now. Sure, you have a couple of shares in the Russell ramping. Yes, you have uh, housing home builders rallying like crazy. Uh, but it's mostly the tech sector. And yet, with all of this, the 10-year yield is still above 4.1. It's not going down yet. All right. So uh, the verdict is still out. If we go back to 4.5 and cross above 4.5% on 10-year, I do not care how many units of the Apple virtual reality, augment reality goggles are sold by February release. It will not matter. If the 10-year yield is above 4.5% by then, it will not matter. Uh, so... If we can get back under 4% on the tenure, that would be um, uh, wind in the sail of the bulls. Um, what else? So on Friday, anything gold-related or Bitcoin-related was very weak. Um, I think a lot of the animal spirits are in Bitcoin ETF-related shares right now. And the only reason I know that is that Billions of dollars came into the market in the past two weeks into those ETFs. And the thing that I'm thinking about now is if Wall Street sell side has pushed so hard for funds to buy these Bitcoin ETFs, they're going to have to step up and start buying to defend their product or else everyone that bought is not only going to mistrust Fidelity, ARK, uh, Invesco, BlackRock, right, uh, for the ET Bitcoin ETFs, they're going to distrust them for anything. So this is a credibility issue now for these Wall Street firms. So I think eventually they're going to prop up these Bitcoin ETFs and not let it go down further because it's their reputation. Everyone in, you know, their mother was on CNBC, Bloomberg and talking about how you know, yeah, we hated Bitcoin before, but now we see the future, yada, yada, yada. Um, they're going to have to back this product up. That's how I feel about it. Uh, but right now, it's still weak. Um, again, the last day of the month, January 31st, the Federal Reserve will decide on what to do with the rate this month. 
and they'll probably release a dot plot and everyone's projections on the rate. Everyone is going to be dissecting every single little thing. Uh, and that is the earnings every month, right? No one cares about earnings anymore. It's just about the FOMC rate decision, uh, which is sad. Uh, keep watching the Magnificent Seven. Keep watching yields and economic data. Uh, you know, the jobs number is very important because, again, if you and I are gainfully employed making more money, it's bad because they're going to have to stay higher for longer. If we're all getting laid off, that means that they can stop. Uh, and that's really about it. Uh, I will see you all after the Monday session. Have a great rest of your weekend.